Vice President Cheney has thrown down the gauntlet to Congress to pass funding for the troops. Meanwhile, the Secretary of the Army has resigned over poor treatment of wounded soldiers. And we'll discuss anger and forgiveness and take your calls with Biblical Counselor June Hunt. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian Worldview for Christ and Culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. If our coalition withdrew before Iraqis could defend themselves, radical factions would battle for dominance. The violence would likely spread throughout the country and be very difficult to contain. That's Vice President Dick Cheney speaking to the Conservative Political Action Conference in Washington. He said the U.S. must stay and fight in Iraq. And the question really is this, are the Democrats in Congress going to support the president, going to support the troops, or are they going to placate uh, the critics and the terrorists defunding the troops in Iraq? We'll talk about that in just a few minutes, but I want to ask you this question. Have you ever felt like a, a powder keg about to explode, angry, bitter, did you, uh, maybe today, you're driving home. You want to know how to deal with this. Penna, we're going to have someone on the program later, an expert, June Hunt. She's a KCBI broadcaster as well, Hope for the Heart Ministry. She's written a book on this theme. She's going to talk about the power of forgiveness. Folks, we're going to take your calls about this counseling issue and many other issues of the heart and counseling segment two, three, and four. We'll take your calls later in the program. But let's go back to this Cheney story. Hey, I'm looking forward to June Hunt, but uh, Dr. Johnson, heads are rolling at the top levels of the United States Army over conditions at the Walter Reed Medical Center. Now, today, the Secretary of State State announced the resignation of Army Secretary Francis Harvey. We're going to talk about that. But first, as you said earlier, Thousands are gathered in Washington, D.C. at the Conservative Political Action uh, Conference. It's called CPAC. Vice President Dick Cheney spoke to the group, and uh, he really said that Congress is going to vote soon on binding legislation for troop funding, and politics should be set aside. I sincerely hope the discussion this time will be about winning in Iraq, not about posturing on Capitol Hill. Well, we'll see if that happens. Now, Vice President Cheney went on to demand that the Democrat-controlled Congress support the president's military buildup. Anyone can say they support the troops and we should take them at their word. 
but the proof will come when it's time to provide the money and the support. We expect the House and the Senate to meet those needs on time and in full. Penny, you know, um, this show is about the Christian worldview, and we think about national security, and we think about who's in charge and what the responsibilities are. We cannot go to this text enough, and that is Romans chapter 13. It's speaking of the government leader, the president. He is God's minister to you for good. If you do evil, though, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. He is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. The God-given responsibility of the president, the vice president, the commander-in-chief, the generals, the soldiers, all the way up and down the line, the privates, is to protect us from those who mean to do us harm. And there are a lot of people in the Middle East who are wanting to terrorize Americans, attack us on our own soil, going over there and preventing that kind of atmosphere from crossing the ocean. Um, that's what the president has been elected to do. That's his God-given responsibility. It's his constitutional duty as commander-in-chief to carry this out with vigor, with zest, with zeal. And I'm really glad that President, Vice President Cheney is speaking out and speaking up because I don't see any of these new presidential candidates, even Republicans, really being bold about what it's going to take to finish this war on Islamic terrorism. And I think... Uh, the Congress needs to support the president. You know, I might mention that some of the presidential candidates on the Republican side are actually there at the CPAC conference. Giuliani there spoke to the group, Romney, Huckabee, uh, John McCain did not show up. But, you know, it is interesting, Dr. Johnson, when you look at the role of government, our government is so big, and that's what CPAC is there to talk about, they're for small government, but it's so big and it does so many things that it really was not chartered to do in the beginning. And yet we are getting away from the very function of government, which is to protect us. And that's what, you know, Dick Cheney, he always holds firm on the role of government. And I've always appreciated that. But, you know, there's another issue uh, that's facing the government now, and that is the conditions there at the Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, unfortunately, this has sort of come out uh, in the last couple of days. And uh, today, the Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, announced that the Army's top civilian official has actually quit. Secretary of the Army, Dr. Fran Harvey, offered his resignation. I have accepted his resignation. And, of course, the story kind of came to light yesterday in response to publicity about bad conditions for wounded soldiers. And this is in some parts of the Walter Reed Army Medical Center. We'll be digging into this more. But the Army did fire yesterday the general in charge of the hospital. Major General George Waitman had been on the job just six months, but the Army says it lost trust and confidence in him after media reports of embarrassing conditions at the facility. There needed to be some level of accountability, not only for the roaches and the mice that existed in the notorious Building 18, but uh, for the bureaucratic backlog. Paul Reichoff of Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America says it's fitting to make the change. Defense Secretary Robert Gates had warned last week top officials would be held accountable. An independent panel that's reviewing conditions at Walter Reed and a naval facility in Maryland held its first meeting Thursday. Sagar Megani, Washington. Now, the Defense Secretary, Robert Gates, uh, did admit that the fallout from this whole situation at Walter Reed has not been handled very well. I am disappointed that some in the Army have not adequately appreciated the seriousness of the situation pertaining to outpatient care at Walter Reed. 
It's interesting, though, that uh, they, they pulled out the general in charge, and so the one now in charge is actually the one that has been there for a while. But Robert Gates did say that the Walter Reed staff has his support. The problems at Walter Reed appear to be problems of leadership. The Walter Reed doctors, nurses, and other staff are among the best and the most caring in the world. You know, at a time when we really want young men and young women to volunteer for the military, I think it's really important uh, that we have the medical facilities to take care of those that come back injured. And I think that's what it's really all about. Secretary Gates said that the Army has really not sent the proper message. I am concerned that some do not properly understand the need to communicate to the wounded and their families that we have no higher priority than their care. And President Bush addressing this also in his weekly radio address, talking about the bureaucratic delays and less than optimal care that some wounded soldiers are experiencing at Walter Reed. This is unacceptable to me. It is unacceptable to our country, and it's not going to continue. Dr. Johnson, uh, President Bush uh, has been dealing with this. He's been talking about it. Uh, but it really is a problem, and it breaks my heart to think about the fact that soldiers would come back to this situation. But I also think it's important that we look at the whole hospital and make sure before we uh, criticize too deeply that we understand the situation where it exists. Yeah, we really don't know the details. The story's just breaking. But this much is true, and that is the men and women who volunteer to serve and to protect and to defend us and to give their lives or to give life and limb, um, they deserve the best, the very best mm-hmm. of attention. You go back to the Vietnam era and you look at old movies and uh, watch the uh, old stories. Uh, not only were the soldiers uh, disrespected in the battlefield, but when they came back, many of them were disrespected. And part of that disrespect came when they went to these VA hospitals and they weren't treated properly. And we've seen films about that. And I see this trend sort of developing. And I think what's uh, really interesting is that these stories are all interconnected. The Cheney sound bites that we just played about the importance of this war, the importance of what the soldiers are doing, and we compared that to what some of these other Republican candidates are doing or not doing. I want us to go back to the story you covered yesterday, and that is John McCain on late night television saying that some of these lives have been wasted. Let's hear John McCain. Americans are very frustrated, and they have every right to be. We've wasted a lot of our most precious treasure which is American lives over there. All right, if anybody wants to call about this, I invite you to in the next two or three minutes. Do you think there's a connection between the Democrat war critics, like Obama, saying these lives have been wasted, McCain saying these lives have been wasted, others saying, uh, Obama, this is a war that should have never been authorized. Do you think there's a connection between that and the way sometimes we really do not take care of our troops, the way that we neglect them, And we're not really honoring the commander-in-chief. We're not honoring the generals. We're not honoring the soldiers up and down the line like we ought to, and even when they come back home. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. We've got a couple of calls. Here's uh, Obama, by the way, on uh, that same theme. We ended up launching a war that should have never been authorized and should have never been waged. And to which we now have spent $400 billion and have seen over 3,000 lives of the bravest young Americans wasted. Do you believe with that that these, do you agree with that that these lives have been wasted? 
a war that should not have been authorized. That is Barack Obama. He's running for president. Of course, Ted Kennedy is even more to the left on the war effort. And uh, here's Ted Kennedy on Obama. Why don't we just ask Osama, bin Laden, <laughs> Osama Obama, uh, Obama, what is, is since um, he won by such a big amount. All right, Barack Hussein Obama. We're going to have some fun with that, I think, before the election. Even uh, Senator Ted Kennedy, who encouraged him to run, is having problems with that name. But I'm having problems with what he's saying and what McCain has said and what's happening in this hospital. I think there's an atmosphere of disrespect towards the war effort, the commander-in-chief and these soldiers. And uh, I'm not sure if it's carrying over into the hospitals or not, but it uh, should be no surprise when they do not have total support in the Congress, total support in the battlefield, that people feel like, well, we can you know, give these soldiers second best. I hope that's not happening. I hope it will not happen. But uh, we'll wait. We'll follow this story. You know, Dr. Johnson, a lot of people are complaining because the presidential campaign season is starting too soon. In a sense, I agree with that. It is. Uh, but I think if it's going to, if that's going to happen, let's talk about the things that are really important. And uh, let's do the things that are really important. If a party wants to win and retain power, they need to do the things that are important to keep the country safe and secure. So Republicans and Democrats ought to look at a war that we're already in and support our troops. I do think it's interesting that McCain did not go to this conservative conference after his uh, gaffe on late night television the other night. Well, we've got Earl on the line from Irving. Earl, thank you for calling so much. What's your thought on this? What's my thought on this? I'm talking about my thought on the on the Democrats. I think it's an atrocity that they cannot support those poor 3,000 excuse me, 3,000 people that have laid down our lives, their lives for our freedom and they can't give support, I think it's an atrocity. And I support President Bush 100%. I talked to some of these these uh, soldiers out here at DFW, and I've asked two, three of them, do you support President Bush? Every one of them supports them. They want to get it over with, too. Uh, I just think it's an atrocity. Hey, thanks, Earl, so much for calling. I'm in total agreement with you. I want to ask folks to remember, after 9-11, how you felt when you knew, when you knew what Saddam Hussein, what Saddam Hussein would want to do if he could to uh, America and what he was capable of. And everyone was in agreement from Hillary Clinton to the right. Everyone was in agreement that we had to take out this man and his capability. Now they're all changing their mind. Well, when we come back, a recent Newsweek cover story addressed men and depression, saying that it's a national problem. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about counseling issues. When we come back with June Hunt, we'll also be taking your calls. You join us. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture in the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. This is Penna Dexter. I'm looking forward to our next uh, couple of segments uh, because our guest is very special. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to uh, remind you of a, an article that uh, was really the cover story of Newsweek last week called Men and Depression. And when I read that article, I saw them bringing to light the fact that uh, maybe we don't deal with men's depression as much as we do as women's and uh, that it's there's some physical causes to depression and sometimes traumatic and stressful events in people's lives cause depression. And of course, it talked about some answers like drugs and uh, different treatments. But you know, it's not really surprising when you look at Newsweek and you don't see biblical and spiritual answers. But our next guest does have those answers for people who are dealing with various problems like depression and anger and unforgiveness. And she is June Hunt. June Hunt is a broadcaster here on KCBI, a couple of shows, Hope for the Heart and Hope in the Night. And June, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, Penna, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you. You know, looking at this Newsweek story, and we're going to go on to a lot of other things that people deal with, but when you talk about depression, and I know that there are some medical causes to it, but some of the answers to people's depression is biblical, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, there are times when our hearts are pressed down, and I'm talking about, you think about the word depression, it it literally means down, pressed, pressed down, mm-hmm. and it is natural to feel depressed if, for example, if the closest person in your life dies. Well, it, that does press your heart down, and one of the values of depression actually can be for us to learn to look to the Lord to say, God, what plan do you have for me? Sometimes it helps us to refocus our attention and to, to look and, and value our relationships that we do have. So depression is a natural part of life. It just depends on if we don't know how to resolve it. For example, many times depression can be uh, anger turned inward. And so if you have anger that's turned inward, and I'm not talking about chemical depression. I'm not talking about when something is wrong uh, with your body chemistry. I'm talking about in, in life when a situation really is upsetting to you and there's been, let's say, a tremendous injustice, some abuse, uh, mistreatment, well, naturally, there is a sense of anger that can come. That's you're, one of the causes. You're listening so, to J- Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to June Hunt. She's the host of the counseling program, Hope for the Heart, right here on KCBI every day, 1.30. June, uh, I want you to continue on that thought. I just wanted to say to folks, you have written a new book on this subject, haven't you, on anger. Tell us about that book and continue to talk to us about anger. And we're going to take calls in just a moment. 
Well, we have what are called biblical counseling keys, and uh, we deal with definitions, characteristics, causes, and solutions. Uh, If we're talking about anger, um, the point is the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. So for many Christians, it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm never supposed to have anger. I I, I feel very conflicted. I, I can't be angry. That's always wrong. No, it's not always wrong. It's a situation where, at times, anger is uh, basically four roots come uh, are found in with anger: hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. Those are the four causes. Those are the four sources of anger. And if we don't deal with those four four sources. Uh, maybe just one, or we may have them all because of a certain situation, then is when we can um, have explosions. Uh, This is what the person who becomes volcanic experiences. Uh, A volcano erupts, or it can be anger toward inward, which, Penna, you were talking about in terms of depression. Hey, June, let me ask you this. So let's take uh, hurt, for instance, and let's Mm -hmm. say the source is another human being, and we've got this anger, we've got this root of bitterness, we've got this uh, volcano that's about to erupt. What is, and we're all about the Christian worldview, I know you're about biblical counseling. We have here in partnership with you at Criswell College, the Hope for the Heart Institute for Biblical Counseling. We're interested in the biblical solution. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's hurt, it's caused by another person. What is the biblical cure for that kind of anger that is pent up on the inside? Well, it's a great question. God cares about relationships. And if someone has hurt us, we need to look at how did Jesus deal with relationships when he was on earth? And what, and what do we see in the Bible? Well, first of all, we see that Jesus confronted. Uh, we see that in the Bible... We actually are to confront those who sin against us. Now, how you do that is another matter. You don't come with an axe and commit an axe murder. Uh, you, you go to the person and literally communicate what has been painful. And then you deal with what is, and, and when I say communicate what has been painful, it, it's not, you did this, you did that, it's not attacking it's stating what is true and then say, this deeply impacted me. It, it literally hurt me when I understood that you said these words and uh, were attacking me to others. So basically uh, you say, this hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and instead of the, you did this, mm-hmm. this is what the situation is, and then this is how it impacted me, so that your your focus isn't being um, like a porcupine attacking a person. Uh, the problem is if you if if you start attacking another person, that person will have porcupine quills that will come out, and and then now you you can imagine two porcupines trying to uh, dance with each other. It's not going to work. work, right? So speaking, the Bible tells tells us to speak the truth in love, and we've all been hurt. And Jerry, you know that no one can live without injustice happening. And the problem that we have often is 
well, I just don't want to say anything about it, or I don't think I can confront it, etc. And that's really not true. That's not a biblical resolution, and that's why people can have unresolved anger. By the way, let me just tell you one great thing about anger um, that, that helps us to understand. If you can imagine a car, imagine on the, the dashboard of your car, and you see a red light appear, and it could even flash, and that red light is basically saying something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. That is the purpose of anger. It's to let us know something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Now, if you have a red light on the dashboard of your car, you you don't just abandon the car and say, well, I guess I'll just have to buy another car. No, you take it to a repairman, an auto mechanic, someone who understands cars, and you have it evaluated to determine is this worth fixing? That's good. That is really mm-hmm. good, June. You know, the central nervous system and pain is a gift to mm-hmm. protect our body. Anger, you're right, is a, kind of an alarm for us that something's mm-hmm. wrong down on the inside. Now, folks, we're going to open up the phone lines. We've got June Hunt for the next two or three segments here. The number is 800-881-9270. She talked about driving that car home. Maybe you're having these feelings about your boss or someone that works for you today, and, boy, this is connecting. And you want to ask June Hunt a follow-up question, 800-881-9270. Or it could be any other kind of a counseling question, 800-881-9270. Okay, June, now you've got a book coming out uh, on forgiveness, and I want to talk about that a little bit because you've got this flashing red light, and you've got to figure out what to do with it. You confront the person, and, you know, hopefully they're going to say, I'm sorry. And uh, mm-hmm. then you've got to forgive them. Now, does forgive them mean if they've wronged you, that they're getting off the hook, that they're, you know, it's okay, they're scot-free? <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? You know, this is the problem that we think, oh, well, if I forgive them, that's just letting them off the hook. That means they can go off and just be totally irresponsible. But what I would say is it is not an issue of letting somebody go on and be irresponsible with no consequences. What what I need to do when I'm hurt is take all of that pain and take the person who's hurt me off of my emotional hook and put the person and the pain onto God's hook, meaning I release that person consciously into the hands of God. They're not off the hook. They're off of my hook, so I don't have the weight, like weighty rocks, like boulders of bitterness and rocks of resentment that weigh me down. If I really forgive, the word, one of the words in, in uh, Greek for forgiveness is release. I release my bitterness. I release my right, listen to this, to hear, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I realize I wounded you. You release all those expectations because many times that's not going to happen. And so, you know, you so, so you're making it God's down. responsibility now. You're releasing well, this to God. Right, and and this is biblical because the Bible says, and this is where actually the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So he doesn't want us to have vengeance. In fact, he warns us against this. He tells us not to be vengeful. Uh, the, the fact is we can be easily full of, of vengeance, and this is where we get into holding on to anger, which ultimately produces very, very negative consequences. All right, June, we're going to be right back. We can continue this theme. We're about out of time in this segment. We've got callers on the line wanting to know if Jesus was really angry when he overturned those tables in the temple, the money changers. We'll talk about that one. 
CNN posted a banner, Tornado Fury, Act of God. What about that? Could people be angry at God? We've saw some deaths uh, just in the last two or three days, and sometimes that's very confusing for people to deal with things that God has caused or maybe things that God has allowed. How do we look at that in terms of counseling? Our guest is June Hunt. She's a nationally recognized counselor, biblical counselor, broadcaster on KCBI. Uh, The doctor is in. You can call with your counseling questions for June Hunt, 800-881-9270. We'll be right back with June Hunt, Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. The Drudge Report headlines, Tornado Hell. CNN posts the banner, Tornado Fury, Act of God. And people sometimes get angry at God. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. There are all kinds of causes for anger. We've got an expert on the line today, June Hunt, head of Hope for the Heart Ministry. She's on at 1 o'clock every day here on KCBI, Hope for the Heart. She also hosts Hope in the Night, a nightly counseling uh, radio program. Welcome back, June. June, we've got some callers on the line. Actually, I'm going to let a couple of them ask questions or comments, and then we'll get back to some of these other themes, if that's all right. Uh, Bill great. Bill is on the line from Keller. Bill, what's your question? Yeah, I've got a question. I was listening to your uh, definition about anger, and I, I was a little confused. I've got a question. How would that apply, that definition would apply to the Lord when he was in the temple overthrowing the uh, money changers' tables and whipping them with the whip of cords? I mean, he, he evidently was very, very angry, so would he have seen a red light going off at the same time? You bet. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> uh, now, maybe, maybe not exactly that light, but there is a light, if you will, like a, a fire on the inside. You see that he was very angry. Now, why? Because there was injustice. In the temple, there were those who were coming uh, from other countries and they had to have money exchange in order to buy a sacrifice, like a pigeon, uh, a lamb. And there was just basically, it's what typically we would call highway robbery or extortion. Uh, it was unjust. Well, they were making a mockery of the temple sacrifices. So, as I said, anger is a, a red light uh, to propel you to action. The whole point, it propels you to action. Well, anger. Jesus was angry. It propelled him to action. And what did he do? He cleaned out the temple of the of the money changers who were full of extortion. So actually, it was for the benefit of the 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 temple, uh, the sacrificial system that was set up by God, that he have anger to do something about it. Uh, realize that this is why the Bible says, "Be angry, but do not sin." So he now, was angry. But he did not sin. And, of course, we know his was not an overreaction. Jesus was sinless. And there are times when you take bold action, when you have a role of responsibility, particularly as he did as a, as a, as a leader and as a prophet. 
and uh, uh, certainly as the Son of God as well. June, right. I think that's so you, you look at what is wrong. You know, realize when you're angry, something's wrong. Now, is it that I am wrong, or is it what is happening that's wrong? If you see somebody who's being abused, a little child is being abused. Uh, I saw this one time in, in a store. I saw a, a, a child. The parent was just berating and, and literally going way too extreme, threatening the child. And I actually said something to the parent uh, because uh, of the the type of language being used, I felt anger on the inside, and it propelled me to action in behalf of the child. I've wanted to do that before. All right, we've got another caller on the line, June. We'll keep rolling here. We've got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, what's your question? Yes, I was going to ask June. Uh, I've always told people when they deal with anger, it's a, it's a skill that I learned, is when you've got something that's really made you angry, is uh, go home and write your anger out on the paper and get it out of your system and then talk to the person that's made you angry. And then if it's uh, something that's in your past, the old uh, Tony, A- uh, Tony Evans anthem at Promise Keepers is quit looking at your rearview mirror because your rearview mirror is like looking in your past. Because if mm-hmm. you keep looking in your rearview mirror at your past, you're going to have a wreck. Look, <laughs> look through the windshield. Because if you look through the windshield, that's the present, and you're going to be able to keep driving on and not have to worry about having a wreck. Thanks, Bob. June, what do you think of that? Oh, it's great. Yeah, in fact, many times we are reactionary. And if we are focusing totally on the anger uh, in, instead of what would be the solution, then we can be irresponsible with our anger. And I think everybody's been there. And that's why we're afraid of anger, because we don't like what we do with it when it's inappropriate. Our, our reaction is inappropriate. So what he just said was great. Yeah, you can go home, write it out, and you may get, you will get more perspective when you do that. We continue to take your calls for June Hunt, and next up is Ed in San Angelo. Hi, Ed. Yes, how are y'all? Great. Thanks Hi, for calling. Ed. Uh, thank, thank y'all very much for taking my call. Uh, I had kind of a kind of a strange question. Uh, occasionally, get a little frustrated. And I, I think I kind of understand grace a little bit, and, and or I try to. And and additionally, I understand the church is is made up of people, so that that puts us all in the same boat. But with that said, I, every now and then I know people as well as myself that get a little frustrated with the uh, the inability of the church to. Like it seems to move forward, and I don't know whether respect to Hebrews maybe or what is that around six or seven right in there, and and uh, and um, uh, about a, a bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Well, no, the the one about uh, let's get past the elementary teachings. Oh yes, yes, and and, mm-hmm. and uh, so Ed, are you talking about uh, a frustration and anger at the church because they're not doing their job? Well, no. Well, uh, the complacency with with sitting in the pews each week and just and deciding that that's that that's that's okay and that's what we're supposed to do and and never really never really moving forward with with I mean particularly the you know uh, even though we we claim no no legalism in in these days the you know surely our denominational stuff. Um, allows for allows for legalism and and uh, and and not for you know and that that quashes or 
some folks as well as uh, uh, all right Ed we've got so much there we're gonna have to start in on it all right June let's let's talk about this I think in general what Ed is saying is look you get frustrated at the church sometimes maybe it's legalism maybe they're not doing their mm-hmm. job maybe uh, people are just content to be pupitatas and sit there and uh, there's a lot of frustration when leaders don't do what they're expected to do, when churches don't do what they're expected to do, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that kind of anger? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love your phrase, pew potatoes. I, that's great. Uh, the truth is, whether it's a legalistic church or a grace-oriented church, there will be people who obviously are not doing all that God would lead them to do if they were yielded to Him. So we know that the church is not a perfect place. We know that um, there will be people who need change. And this is where, when I would pray and say, God, I, I feel that we really ought to be doing something more. We're, we're not doing enough. Uh, others are not. Well, this may be, if you're feeling a sense of, of inner uh, frustration, and you already mentioned that, that's one of the four sources of anger, hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. Then take that as a cue from God that, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I think you should be the catalyst. It could be that God is literally putting that in your heart to be a catalyst for change where you start doing what others need to do and then get others a part uh, to, to join you. Uh, many times that it just takes one person to be the catalyst for positive change. And, boy, you have to go with the right attitude on that one. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. June Hunt is our guest. We continue to take your calls. The number is 800-881-9270. June, I want to bring up uh, what we kind of teased a moment ago, and that's this whole idea of tornado fury. First of all, we're wondering, you know, is God angry at us because we've got these natural disasters? But the other side of it is, what about, you know, when your child dies in a school and a tornado like happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard not to be angry with God. What about it? How do you deal yes. with it? It is uh, a very serious question that needs to be handled uh, appropriately. The most important thing to realize is the character of God. What is God's character? Well, what you see clearly in the Bible is he is always just. He is always fair. He is always good. He is always righteous. He cannot himself act apart from that righteousness. So everything he does is right. That's good. Now, the truth is there will be great misfortune. There will be mistreatment. There are going to be people who will be wrong toward us, and we have a fallen world, physically as well as uh, spiritually and and, uh, emotionally within people. So what we are to do is to say, God, I don't know. I don't have the perspective that you do. But this is what trust is all about. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it was the first scripture I ever memorized because I saw great injustice going on in our, in my family, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So sometimes our hearts can be deeply wounded. They can be broken. And yet, God is not finished with the situation. He he will, at times, because of a tragedy, he will put people in positions later for grief counseling, for those who need compassion 
to be able to have a, a ministry of compassion to them. It all depends on what we do with our anger. Uh, do we go inward? Do we um, rail out at God? Or will we say, Lord, I don't understand this for my family. I don't understand this in my life. But I'm choosing to trust in you because of your character. Hey, thanks, June. We've got one more segment. We've got callers on the line. There's still an opportunity. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. If you have a counseling kind of a question for June Hunt, she's going to be right back. And I want to remind you folks that Jesus said, In this world you will have tribulation. We read in the book of 1 Peter, Consider it an honor when you are persecuted. Count it all joy, James says. Um, tribulation produces patience produces faith, produces character. And so, there are a lot of biblical exhortations along this line. June Hunt, internationally recognized biblical counselor, right here on KCBI as well. Her website, hopefortheheart.org. If you want to get some of these resources, hopefortheheart.org. Call her about the tornado coming up next. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture in the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, the Counselor. Oftentimes we think of Jesus as Savior, Jesus as Lord. We don't think about the counsel that we can find in the words and in the work of Jesus Christ. I think it was excellent that a caller, you know, asked about him in the temple there. And we could look at the Sermon on the Mount, many other passages. We go to Jesus, to his life, to his example, and to what he said. We have another counselor today with us, June Hunt, heads Hope for the Heart Ministry, right here on KCBI every day at 1 o'clock. You can hear, you can go to our website, hopefortheheart.org. June, welcome back. We've got callers on the line, and we're going to go to Marianne. Marianne, thank you for holding. You have a question. Yes, I was wondering, after exhausting all resources, at what point would you recommend a psychiatric evaluation for medication, or would you? This is after 35 years of all resources being exhausted. Wow. Good question. That's a great question. You know, there are those who are avidly against medication. And 
I'm talking about when there seems to be something that uh, is pulling a person down, or um, the the I'm not talking about, and I'm talking about like that depression, or or there can be a strong outbursts. The point that I make is. I am not a big medication person. I, I don't. I don't start assuming. Oh well, just put them on some medication. That's not where but you I start. Say, no, no. But I do know uh, that any part of the physical body can deteriorate. Any part of the body, whether it's we're talking about diabetes. Uh, you take medicine for that. Uh, if, if you need insulin, you you need to have it. If you need potassium for certain reasons, the bottom line is. Um, we don't have physically perfect bodies, and so there's no shame in taking medication or going to a professional who's competent. And here's your key: someone who just doesn't assume, well, just medicate, medicate all problems. Uh, so there is a, an appropriate uh, approach here, and I'm talking about Luke, uh, by the way, uh, who wrote the book of Luke, was a physician, and of course we know that at times. Uh, we, Paul said, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Uh, he said that to his beloved um, son in the faith, Timothy. So there are times when there is a medicinal need, a medicinal application. So I, I believe if you've tried everything, in other words, if the, start, the starting point to me, if it's anger, is uh, the quick action to anger. And that is, ask yourself the question, can I change it? Like if the door squeaks, you oil it. If you change it um, uh, by squeak by, by oiling the door, then great. Mm-hmm. If you can't change it, then you've got to be able to release it. And there is a prayer that you can, where you literally release all that pain in the hands of God. But at times, that isn't enough. June, let me ask uh, you another question about, you know, mm-hmm. when the problem is so bad and you end up going to a counselor. What about the type of counseling where basically you're taught that the problem is not there's no fault on your own part, and it's always because of your upbringing, or it's always because of someone else in your life. I've I've noticed that in counseling before. Mm-hmm. There are some who basically want to put everything on someone else. Uh, that that just is not biblically sound and solid. Uh, now, the application of God's word, if you'll notice, uh, in Psalms it, it says, "He sent forth His word and healed them." So part of the solution to me uh, would be finding a counselor who literally understands the wisdom in God's Word, and that would be one of the pieces of the puzzle to put together to become whole. Mm -hmm. What has God said? And look at what he has said. But, you know, we do need to not just trivialize this and say, oh, well, just just give it to God, just give it to God. Um, One thing you want to do is evaluate, is there something in my past? that does play a part Mm -hmm. and ask what has triggered my anger and you literally write it down we we suggest certain things that you evaluate you know how are you expressing your anger what are the true inner desires motivating your anger Uh, what is your view of god in the midst of this angering producing situation um, how how should you respond to God and others in the midst of this situation where, where a person thinks through these things? But I will tell you this. I have found more and more, Penna and, and Jerry, that those who have a problem with anger, I find that typically it is rooted into something that's unresolved in the past. 
And you have to look and say, okay, was there anything in my past dealing with hurt, injustice, fear, or frustration? I've seen and that too, it, June, as a, as a yes. pastor. I see that a lot. Hey, June, we've got one more caller I want to try to squeeze in here. So okay. we've got Lorna from Dallas, a comment about the tornado. Yes, hi. Um, I would hi, like to hello, um, look at the scripture, I believe it's John 10, 10, where Jesus is talking. He says, uh, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come to give you eternal life. And, you know, when, when CBS and people like that use God did it, you know, it, it just kind of concerns me because, you know, in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, it talks about God is love. And when you love someone, you're not going to do things like with the tornadoes or anything like that that was going to cause harm to the people you love. Hey, Lorna, thank you so much for that comment. June, we're pretty tight on the time here. In 30 seconds, how would you respond to that? Well, we have to look again at the character of God. Now, there are times when we see that because God is the author of life and death, you can't just say, well, I I just want to get God off the hook all the time. No, there are times when God will have a purpose for taking a loved one of ours. And uh, that that is accurate. But let's consider a God of love. Yes, he is. But he's also a God of wrath at the same time. And because of God's great love for you, he directs his anger toward anyone or anything that thwarts his perfect plan toward you. So God's anger is never operating independently of his love. He expresses anger on your behalf and for your ultimate good. And yet what we read is his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts oh, that's good. a lifetime. June Hunt, Hope for the Heart, great ministry. You can hear every day like this at 1 o'clock uh, on KCBI, but also go to hopefortheheart.org. Get these kinds of resources that she is making available. Hopefortheheart.org. June, thanks for being with us so much. It's my privilege. Thank you. All right, folks. Um, it is true. These disasters are a mystery. We've got to remember the Christian worldview. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, there was a curse upon this earth. And there's just a lot of natural disasters and problems and catastrophes that go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Not particularly our sin, but sometimes God may judge us for National sin, community sin, personal sin. Sometimes he just allows Satan to do something. Like we find in the book of Job, there's a mystery in a lot of this. Sometimes the secret things belong to God. Sometimes it's about our choices. Sometimes we'll never know, maybe, until we get to heaven. We might not be interested then about some of these questions. I don't know. I know this. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Jesus, turn to him. He's the ultimate counselor. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.